Welcome to the Truly Miss Podcast. I'm Candace, and each week I'll tell you about underreported missing people of color. All people of color must be vigilant in reporting crimes and evidence to help bring back loved ones when it's possible and get closure when it isn't possible. In 2016, there were nearly 6,000 indigenous women reported missing, yet only 116 were logged into the National, per- National Missing Persons Database, according to the Urban Indian Health Institute. Today, we will discuss Ashley Loring Heavy Runner. Ashley was born on November 23, 1996 on the Blackfeet Indian Reservation in Browning, Montana. The Blackfeet Reservation is vast, covering over a million acres. Her mother describes her as smart, athletic, positive, and helpful. She loved the rain and she loved horses. At the time of her disappearance, she was 20 years old, enrolled at the Blackfeet Community College, and studying environmental science. Please note the following dates are approximations of the timeline of when Ashley is last seen. Some details are widely believed, but not necessarily confirmed. Around June 5th, 2017 would be the last time Ashley is seen by her family. Ashley had a strange interaction with her father at her parents' house. She ran into their house and closed the blinds. Once a car pulls up, she pleads with her father not to look to see who it is. He regrets to this day that he didn't look. And then she abruptly leaves in that car and that's the last time that she's seen by her father. Her sister Kimberly was out of the country during this time Ashley disappeared. The night of June 5th, Ashley sent a series of messages on Facebook Messenger asking for a ride into town from the family's ranch. Later that night, Ashley is spotted in a Facebook video at a party at a man named Vernon's house talking and drinking with friends. This video has since been deleted. Then, Ashley also reaches out to her sister on the early morning of the 6th to ask her to send her some money but the sister's still out of the country, so she's not able to send it just yet. Kimberly asked if she was okay and if she was home. Ashley said that she was okay, but she was not home. After this, she went to another house party and hung out with Sam McDonald, and then they left the party together. When Kimberly arrives back in the country the following day and didn't hear from Ashley, she immediately knew something wasn't right. Initially, Ashley's family believed that she had visited a friend and left or lost her phone. But when she didn't even return home after her father was hospitalized due to liver failure, that's when absolute panic had finally set in. Sam McDonald was one of the last people to see Ashley before she vanished. She had been experiencing some grief with the passing of her grandfather and a recent breakup and unfortunately turned to drugs to cope. She had started hanging with an older crowd. Sam was in his 50s. He admitted to both the family and the police that he had been partying with Ashley for several days after the 6th, all the way into the 11th. Two weeks after Ashley went missing, a tipper reported that a young woman was seen running from a vehicle on US Highway 89 on the reservation. A later search near that area turned up a gray sweater that possibly could have belonged to Ashley. The family was told that it would be tested, but Kimberly later found out that it had never been tested or even sent to the lab for testing, but instead set in an evidence box for months. Another one of the many searches, a torn sweater and a bloodstained boot were found near the home of Sam McDonald. The Blackfeet law enforcement conducted a three-day search that turned up nothing. Eventually, they basically stopped all search efforts. This is a common problem on this reservation, and Ashley is one of many missing as we speak. A lot of it is due to lack of police work, lack of concern for these missing indigenous people. The local law enforcement can only do so much because they don't have jurisdiction on sovereign land. That's why they have their own police. I just feel like that the more people that can be actively searching, the more likely these people can be found alive. 
So in cases like this, special circumstances should be met so that more law enforcement agencies can be on the case simultaneously. Oftentimes, we don't see police forces that communicate with each other and they're only counties apart. So I can imagine the wall between the Blackfeet law enforcement and the local police law enforcement. On the Up and Vanish podcast in 2021, Sam sat down with the show host Payne and revisited his relationship with Ashley. Sam said that he had met Ashley a few times, but he didn't really know her. Then they saw each other the night of the 6th at a man's house known for parties named Big Al. Ashley apparently went there after the party at Vernon's. Sam insisted that Ashley wanted to leave the party, but she didn't want to go home. So he took her back to his cabin in the woods and they did drugs for several days. He also says that at times he would fall asleep or pass out and she would disappear for hours and then come back late in the night. On the morning of the 11th, he allegedly drove her to a rest area called the Divide on the Reservation so that she could meet up with Paul Venezuela, who she referred to as V-Dog. Her and Sam talk about a cabin in the distance while they're at this rest stop waiting on V-Dog. He then says he falls asleep in the car for about 40 minutes, but when he wakes up, she's gone. So he assumed that she met Paul. Or he feared that she had got out, walked some distance, and could be in danger due to the wildlife in the mountain. He claimed he searched for her all the way down the mountain. He also said that he had been working stores staying clean since Ashley's disappearing and has become paranoid because he thinks he's being set up for it. Paul and his ex-wife Tashina Running Crane, or T, were also investigated. A quick note, Tashina, or T, is Ashley's cousin. On that same podcast, Up and Vanish, T says that her and Paul went on a trip to Seattle around the time of Ashley's disappearance. T claims that Paul left her in Seattle and possibly drove back to Montana by himself on June 10th, which gave him plenty of time to make it back to the reservation the morning of the 11th. She then says he came back around the 14th to Seattle, handled some business in town, and then they left sometime between the 15th and the 16th. T says they never spoke about Ashley. When she later asked Paul about Ashley, to her knowledge, after the last time Paul saw Ashley was when he allegedly went to break up with her before she disappeared. T says that Sam is to blame, that he was jealous of Ashley's relationship with Paul and snapped. She claims that he strangled her, but he doesn't say what he did with her body if that's the case. Sam went to the police with his version of the story and maintains his story to this day. He alleges that Paul has some Blackfeet cops in his pocket, so that's why there haven't been any move there hasn't been any movement in this case. They have been slow to test the DNA and they did not interview or follow up with key witnesses. Sam believes that T and Paul set him up. Paul also files for divorce from T a month after Ashley disappears. T also claims that she had no idea about the affair between Ashley and Paul before Ashley's disappearance. T also flip-flops between blaming Paul and Sam. Both Paul and Sam were questioned and properties were searched several times, but no arrests were made. Items of clothing were turned over to the police to be tested and probably still sit in evidence boxes near the other untested items from the searches. No results have been released from any of the testing. I should mention that Sam also won't let anyone see any of the footage from his home cameras. Also, the area that Sam says she got out of the car was searched and no evidence was found that she had ever been there or that she had been there and left the area or that she had been harmed in the area. We just don't know if she was ever there because there are not surveillance cameras in that area. It took several months after she went missing for the Bureau of Indian Affairs to get involved for the search for Ashley. And in February of 2018, the FBI also joins the search efforts for Ashley's case. 
A quote from Kimberly testifying to the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs about the mishandling of her case says, quote, from the very beginning, both the Blackfoot Tribal Law Enforcement and the Bureau of Indian Affairs have ignored the dire situation that Ashley is in and has and have allowed the investigation to be handled in a dysfunctional manner. This isn't just a reality for our family, but a reality for many murdered and missing Indigenous women's families, end quote. Paul is later arrested for an illegal firearms charge. While Paul is serving his 20-month sentence, T meets with ABC News Nightline. She professes his innocence to Nightline and tried to get him to speak with, her, with them over the phone, which he declined. He then writes a letter to Nightline saying that if the show could get him moved to a different prison, he could tell them what really happened to Ashley and that he was the only one that could. Nightline declined this as they don't make those type of negotiations for interviews. So Paul declined to do the show. He said that most of the Nightline special painted her in a bad light. If you listen to T talk though, her thought process is just so chaotic. It's hard to tell what's real, what's exaggerated, what she remembers from the drugs and what she's inserting because she thinks that's what happens. In June of 2018, the family searched a cabin that Ashley allegedly visited before she vanished. Kimberly and her husband uncovered a patch of carpet and what seemed to be human blood. Human remains were also found later on the reservation, but they were not Ashley's. They were of a missing man from decades ago. In 2020, Kimberly received messages that said Ashley was alive, but it was an extortion attempt and it didn't go anywhere. In 2021, a friend of T came forward and said that T borrowed a gun from her before Ashley went missing. T says the gun was a payment for drugs. She also said that she had plenty of guns. In those interviews on the Up and Vanish podcast, T said so many things, it's really hard to keep her story straight. The friend also says that T's car was compacted by someone who lives on the reservation shortly after Ashley went missing. T says that Paul and one of his friends basically stole her car and sold it to someone after she couldn't get it fixed. Neither story has been verified to be true or false. Since being released from prison, Paul hasn't really been seen and he doesn't have any social media presence. He likes to stay out of the way and under the radar. This is unfortunate because a lot of the details lead back to him being a major key player in this case. The girlfriend of the first man's house, Vernon, that Ashley was at, sent around a Facebook message claiming to have involvement in Ashley's disappearance. The girlfriend later says that she was hacked and she did not post that message. Most of the people that know her or are around her also believe that she didn't post the message. I do have a couple of possibilities that stick out to me really and I'll go over them next. First being that Ashley was killed by Sam. He has a crawl space in his home that neighbors have said that he's previously kept women hostage in and sometimes they had come running from his house naked. She could have been kept there and later disposed of because this is these are cabins off in the woods. So he had plenty of time to do whatever he wanted to do, especially if they were alone together for six days. He also admitted to being with her that night and basically a week after the night that she went missing. And there are no witnesses to corroborate his timeline of events. And the last point for Sam is at first he says he didn't know Ashley that well, but it's later revealed in some journals that he does have deeper feelings for her. So maybe he was jealous. Maybe he became so enraged and he killed her out of jealousy because she wanted to go spend time with Paul now that they had spent a week together. It's possible. Maybe he just didn't want her to leave. Theory two, Ashley was killed by T. Uh, 
T has previously admitted to abusing her partners for infidelity. Also, T and Ashley are cousins. So having an affair with your cousin's husband, I can imagine would cause some discourse. I do believe that she knew about Ashley and Paul's affair before Ashley went missing. And that's probably why she got a gun and got rid of her car. This is speculation. I'm just saying those things do kind of fall into place if you look at the timeline of events and how they happened. She'd already had guns, but maybe she bought another gun, so this one couldn't be connected to her directly, or so she thought. Um, the last point on her is, while there is no physical evidence connecting T, and the final point on T is, even though there isn't any physical evidence to connect T to being, to the, being on the reservation at that time, she says she was in Seattle, but this is not confirmed. They have confirmed that Paul had been to Seattle, but not necessarily her. And there's a strong motive. Ashley slept with her husband, allegedly. But she doesn't report her car stolen. At some point, she sets fire to a trailer that she shared with Paul, which also could have been to destroy evidence. That's not what she said the reasoning was. But like I said, T is really chaotic. And I'm really not sure what to believe about her. But I thought it would be important to state these facts we all know facts and cases like these can be misleading. Some people just do weird things. The third possibility is Paul did something with or to her. I won't necessarily say Paul killed her or that he killed her right away because it did seem that they were involved in some sort of relationship. Uh, first point is Paul really doesn't have an alibi for the days between the 11th and 14th until he returns to Seattle and T says that they're back together. But these two alibying each other, it's... Next point. Paul says that he had more information on Ashley's whereabouts than he went off the radar after being released from prison. Uh, the third point is nearly every other person involved in this spoke to that podcast host trying to give more information to him about Ashley except for Paul. When he was approached, he seemed the most aggressive of all the people on the podcast. He definitely had nothing to say. Also, Paul is suspected to be friendly with the police force on the reservation, so they may be looking the other way for this and other crimes. The fourth possibility is that Ashley was abducted by a stranger. Let's say the story does happen like Sam says it does, and she gets out of the car and walks away after he falls asleep. She's a very small, very petite woman and could have easily been snatched into a vehicle and taken. From the sounds of it, crimes like these are not being investigated properly on this reservation. And there is prevalent drug use and distribution. I'm sure there are some bad people in the mix. One question I have is that even if she is deceased, where's her body? The even bigger question is why? Ashley didn't seem to have any real enemies. She just seemed like a girl that was depressed and trying to cope with her depression. Granted, the reservation is vast. She could very well still be on it and just not be found. Also, she could have been trafficked or just simply walked away. There are a lot of possibilities. However, I don't think that she was attacked by animals because there would have been remnants of her clothes, her belongings, even her body close to the scene. And I don't think she just walked away. She loved her sister. Her and her sister were very close. I really feel like that she would have made some sort of mention before leaving. Sam, Paul, and T all definitely know more than they've shared about those last moments with Ashley or what they knew about the last days surrounding her disappearance. And they're just not giving the full story, I don't feel like. But on the flip side, I don't feel like they can give the full story because all four of these people involved in the story, including Ashley, were doing drugs for several days before and after Ashley went missing. And if that was the case and their memories 
thoughts, they may be misconstrued because there isn't enough physical evidence or even written evidence to really prove what happened. At the time of her disappearance, Ashley was 20 years old, 5'2", 90 pounds, with long shoulder length, straight brown hair, and brown eyes. She also wears glasses. Indigenous women are among the least looked for. So the more people that we have sharing these cases mean the more eyes that we have out for these victims. If you have any information regarding this case, regarding this case, you can please contact the Browning Police Department and Blackfeet Law Enforcement's Dispatch Center at 406-338-4000 or the Bureau of Indian Affairs at 833-778-4758. You can also follow on Instagram at Truly Miss Podcast. You can like the Facebook page of the same name or send us an email at trulymisspodcast at gmail.com. Please follow and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This show can also be heard on Anchor FM. Every rating gets this show closer to a bigger audience. These stories need to be heard. If you have a story that you would like to share or you have any tips on Fanny for any of the cases I have already shared, please DM or email me. In each show's description, there is a link if you would like to donate to the show to help me access more resources and produce an even better show and continue to research these victims. No one is looking hard enough for us, so we should be looking for ourselves. I focus on people of color and these people don't get as much coverage. Hopefully, we can build this community one listener at a time. All sources are listed in the show notes. I found the Up and Vanished podcast, season three, very helpful with this episode. It's an in-depth, multi-part look at Ashley's case with interviews from those involved.